Broadcasting from the heart of commie-controlled America, the no-bullshit bearer of doom and gloom, opium-free broadcast, the most important hour of your day. about it. Think about it, Vince. Think about it. 20 years in Afghanistan, and guess how many F-15s they had? None. <laughs> Why were we there for 20 years? I don't know. <laughs> Oh, they said no sound. Okay, so hold, hold, no sound with who? No sound with... No sound with the video? Well, shit. Hold on, they cannot hear you. Okay, get, everybody give me one second. We're going to start that all over again. So, so Vince, go ahead and try now. Testing, Vince. testing. Hey, how you doing? There you go. Okay, Vince is in. Okay. All right. So my computer updated the Windows 11. OBS updated. I got to try again. All right. We're going to play this Biden video again. Let's listen to it. And ban the number of bullets and go in a magazine. There's no, no need for any of that. I love my right-wing friends who talk about the tree of liberty is water of the blood of patriots. Give me a, if you need to work about taking on the federal government, you need some F-15s. You don't need an AR-15. I'm serious. Think about it. And ban the number of... Think about it, Vince. Think about it. That's what Joe Biden says. If you want to take on the U.S. federal government, you're going to need F-15s. Well, you know what? 20 years in Afghanistan taught us one thing, is that the Taliban did not have F-15s. But we were there for 20 years. So um, you know what I think? You know what I honestly think? What's that? I think some good Walmart-level drones (laughs) would suffice just enough as F-15s. I mean, F-15s, unless you're on bombing missions or... Air-to-air defense or coastal defense. Uh, yeah. Uh, I don't think Joe Biden knows what the F he's talking about. And uh, by the way, who's going to fly the F-15s when they're all, the majority of them are patriots who are on the side of the Americans? I don't know. Anyways. Welcome, everybody, to the Red Pill Project's Daily Dose Live with you Monday through Thursday, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. This is where we bring you the unfolding global conspiracy of the infiltration of our social, our economic, our institutional, our academic, our cultural, our political systems here throughout the world in the United States and abroad. We are here fighting what many would consider communism incursion, a communist incursion or a socialist incursion, or we could look at it more as a totalitarian dictatorship working their hands up magic through the shadows of darkness, trying to manipulate the world into a one world government. And be forewarned, because a one world government is on the verge of coming. And if you don't believe me, well, guess what? As much as the victories that we've had, we've had victories, especially last year and this year, these victories, multiple Private jets landed in Davos this week to -hmm. attend the World Economic Forum's annual Davos meeting. Okay? We understand that. That they are still meeting. They are still planning agendas. This is like the public Bilderberg group meeting. It's so wild that they're so public with it. Well, they're public with it because, you know, um, the cat is out of the bag. Yeah. I, I mean, the the cat is out of the bag. There, there is no hiding it anymore. That their agenda has moved forth so much that they are at the point of no return. I've talked about this multiple times before. That we're going to come to this 
this cusp, this, this point where there's a critical mass and you can't stop what's coming. Nothing can stop what's coming, right? And yeah. so with that being said, if that's the case, what does that really mean? Well, that we are coming to this critical threshold of this brink between the new world order and what we'll talk about is the nationalist world order. This is China, BRICS nations, Russia, as well as the freedom movement that is trying to retain American sovereignty. So there's kind of like three different battles going here. And the way I've always looked at this, and we've said this before, is that number one, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Okay? The enemy of my enemy is my friend. First thing that we have to perceive is this, is that what we consider the new world order is simply a group of people. That's kind of what we want to say. I mean, maybe we can say that there's something echelon above them. I don't know. But it's simply a group of people. They have radical ideologies. Many of these ideologies have been um, embedded within their culture through various secret societies, societies, think tanks, political organizations, uh, fraternities, brotherhoods, all these things for hundreds, if not millennia, hundreds of years, if not thousands of years. Okay. But it's a group of people that we have to understand that they are human. They make mistakes. Uh, they might be human. Well, they might be human. I think there's an echelon above them. But anyways, with mm. that, we understand that they've been trying to do this and implement it for a very long time, multiple times. They failed mm -hmm. at multiple. I just froze up. Oh, there we are. You there? Did you, I'm do, here. Did you, you, hear you just me? do something? No, I didn't touch anything. I swear. I think we're good online. I think we're good. Um, my uh, my OBS just completely freaked out. Um, hold on a second. Let's try something. Okay, that's good. Okay, I just wanted to try a browser and see if that back. worked because of my browser side on OBS, it's all freaking out. But anyways, okay, I'm still here. So you have to understand is that we have multiple different scenarios of these people, right? Mm -hmm. We have it all. We have Satanists, Luciferians. We have um, agnostics. We have uh, atheists. We have uh, globalists. We have eugenicists. Some of them are kind of like all in one. Some of them are not all in one, right? But I look at it is the multi-headed hydra, right? Yes. I, I think that's a good way to look at it, a multi-headed hydra, okay? So... You ever heard of the book called War of the Roses? I have heard of it. Okay. So for anybody who doesn't know the history of it, War of the Roses, known at the time and far more than a century after, was the Civil Wars, where a series of civil wars fought over the control of the English throne in the mid to late 15th century. These wars were fought between supporters of two rival cadet branches of the Royal House of Plantagenet and of Lancaster and York. The wars extinguished the male lines of the two branches, leading to the Tudor family inheriting Lancastrian claim to the throne. Now, interesting, Lancaster, um, yeah. if, if you know Game of Thrones. But anyways, so War of the Roses is very similar to what we're seeing right now. 
is that these factions, the multi-headed hydra, hydra, right? And I just like to look at them as hydra, uh, is, is a multi-headed hydra, right? So you get like 30 heads or 40 heads coming out because these people have basically collaborated and grouped together and they all have various different ideologies and they're all sitting at this table of global domination going, I want this. And the other one's going, I want this. This is what these, these meetings, the Bilderberg meetings are really about. It's not we're all sitting there and listening to, you know, Klaus Schwab or... Or someone else, or George Soros sitting going, this is what is going to happen in the world, right? This is what is going to unveil in the world. It's not like we have, you know, any of these globalists sitting up there saying, this is exactly. Instead, what they do is they come together and say, this is what I want to see. This is what I want to see. This is what I want. This is what I want. Okay, what's our plan to get there? Or at least to have some correlation of how to get there. And they come up with ideas and they obviously they utilize manipulation, disinformation, psychological warfare, all these different tools at their um, at their reach to bring this about. So when we start looking at this multi-headed hydra, we have to understand is that there's certain factions that don't like other factions. Right. Makes sense. Now, factions, I would say, organize around countries makes sense right and so we can take we can say names like you know the the phoenicians or the jesuits or the kazarian mafia or or whoever they are right and that's kind of like all the same in that little realm and then we have the bankers robber barons these type right and this is another little realm but at the end of the day they're all various different types of factions and they're all kind of like intermingled amongst each other but not all of them like each other not all of them see the world the same way and so what we see right now evolving on the global stage is what I've called the global firestorm event. And this is, they're all, all of them have come to an agreement that in order to change the world towards something different for the new age, the age of Aquarius that is birthing right now, okay, that this has to happen. They've all agreed upon that, right? This is why Klaus Schwab yeah. comes out and goes, COVID-19 has brought about the great reset, right? This is why the great yeah. reset, fourth industrial revolution. They, they have a blueprint that they want to fill they, in. They have a general direction I feel like they're all walking in. Right, right. So now enter kind of something I was saying back in 2020. I said China has gone rogue from the globalists. And I was... You have no idea what you're talking about. You're crazy. And I said, China is no longer a part of the Western global order. They're not longer playing that game. And I can show you why. Or at and least a part of them. Well, true. A part of them. Xi Jinping and his directorate, right? And, and the reason I said this is through observation. And there's one telltale sign. Number one is Donald Trump went and visited Xi Jinping before COVID ever came about. Um, they took him to the Forbidden City, which was really interesting. Um, and one of the things about the Forbidden City is if you imagine that Xi Jinping and Trump went in there alone by themselves, is that there's no recording devices. There's nobody listening to them. So they could talk and maybe explain some things. Um, but the most important thing was Event 201, which didn't have anything to do with China. It had nothing to do with Trump. Event 201, for people who don't know, October, I believe October 19th or 17th, 2019, 
uh, was organized by the World Health Organization, John Hopkins University, Bill Melinda Gates Foundation, and the World Economic Forum. This was a global exercise um, in a pre-pandemic world of a novel coronavirus that mysteriously starts infecting human beings and an uh, mRNA vaccine would have to be created. Now, if you read through event 201, everything that they say there is exactly what happened, except for one small detail. Do you know what that small detail is, Vince? Which part didn't happen? So the the one difference between what actually happened and what they talked about in event 201 is the place of origin of how Mm -hmm. this virus began to spread. In event 201, it is spread from a wet market somewhere in South America. In actuality, it spread from a wet market in Wuhan, China, literally 200 yards from the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Now, if this was China releasing this virus, or at least Xi Jinping and all these guys, how fucking dumb do you have to be to say, just drop it off right next door to the lab that created it with the Americans that were doing all the research and let it infect the whole world? Does that make very much sense at all? No. Um, Are you implying that it was supposed to be released somewhere else? I am implying that it was supposed to be released somewhere else. I'm also implying that I don't think it was done yet. Mm. That it was released early. Okay? The reason I think it was released early and that it was released in China is twofold. Number one, I think it was released early. Number one, because, well... It wasn't very much of a virus. It had a lot of problems in the sense of genetic modification. Um, Number two is that it was released 200 yards away from the Wuhan Institute of Virology, where EcoHealth Alliance, Peter Daszak, NIAID, Anthony Fauci brought it to there from the United States, from Chapel Hill, North Carolina, with a small grant through NIAID or under the National Institutes of Health. Okay, which was through military directive that we're now now seeing that the DOD funded this project. We know that in 2014, various Chinese generals had a symposium of which they talked about weaponizing viruses against their enemy and utilized them through genetic targeting. Yes. We keep on moving on this same realm trend. Vladimir Putin for multiple years over the last decade, since about 2014, 2015, almost a decade, has went to the United Nations Security Council and talked about how the Ukraine, Ukrainian people through U.S.-led biolabs are utilizing genetically targeted bioweapons on the Slavic people in Donbass and Ludesk regions. Okay? So this is kind of like, out in the open, it's their public knowledge. People can see it. You can go out there and find the information, right? But we have to look at what makes sense and what doesn't make sense. Now, Trump goes out and tours the world with Pompeo, right? Saudi Arabia goes to Holinsky and meets Putin. He goes and meets Xi Jinping. He meets all these leaders. Just so Turkey, Ergodon or Ergodin or whatever the hell his name is, right? He goes out and meets all these leaders. Interesting enough, all those leaders that he met with primarily are in the BRICS alliance, economic alliance right now. (laughs) That ain't odd. It's not odd because this is exactly what we said was potentially going to happen. 
we have to look at a big picture here. Number one, Xi Jinping. And do you know the history of Xi Jinping? I don't. Okay, this man grew up in the, the heart of Mao-controlled communist China. His parents were executed. Okay? He grew up impoverished, poor, just like, was fortunate enough. I think he had an uncle that raised him, got him an education. But he grew up in severe poverty. When he came into the Communist Party, when he became premier, he made a vow that his job would be to return China to a point of prosperity globally. That all their suffering through communism was all done for a reason so that China could one day have massive prosperity and the people could be relinquished of this, this communist level, but have more freedom. And so they've all made sacrifices, as they call it. Hmm. If you're Xi Jinping... And you're looking at the globalist New World Order, the Western New World Order. This is behind the scenes. You have monarchs, you have Jesuits, you have secret societies, you have occultists that are very, very high ranking who have controlled the world for a very, very long time. And you know that they came in in the 1950s and the 60s. They put Mao in power. They killed your parents in a sense. They put Mao in power, they cooed China, and then they came in and funded the industrialization of your country, which basically enslaved your, the people of your country into massive slave labor, low wages, horrible working conditions, child labor forces, enslavement of the, the Uruguays and all these other people, okay? And, and this is the Western globalists who did this. When you start to see that, when you start to think out in the sense of when the new world order comes, who's really going to be in control of it? Is it going to be Xi Jinping or is he going to be taking orders from somebody else? Or will it be like all these other nations that fell to that hand of communism to where the people that supported the movement are killed, stabbed in the back and the leaders removed? And I think Xi Jinping had this moment of clarity, probably when he met with Donald Trump, that, dude, they're not going to let you do what you want to do. If you think they're going to let China prosper, you're crazy. You're going to break your promise. And I think that this is where Xi Jinping said, oh. And, and in, I think it was 2019, 2020, Xi Jinping and no China delegate visited the World Economic Forum. And this is one of the things that I noticed. Now, we had the COVID from, you know, Trump obviously blamed China, 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 blaming it on China. Um, who's to say that it wasn't the Chinese military? I think that that would have been a great strategy for the Chinese military to release the virus, which was not that bad. The globalists utilize it as a mechanism to usher in the new world order. And then they release a soft kill vaccine as a bioweapon to basically take out the U.S. military and everybody else because they control the politics of the United States of America. And I think that that's kind of what did happen. But when we look back in all of this structure. Wait, wait the vaccine you're saying came, China made the vaccine. Oh, you're saying because it was manufactured in China. Oh, yeah. They released. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, if you go back to that 2014 um, general symposium in China where the military generals are talking about it, they're not just talking about weaponizing viruses. They're talking about weaponizing vaccines. I mean, that's really what the bioweapons are. That's the greatest effect. It's easier to spread a vaccine than it is to spread a bioweapon because you can do that through coercion and force. Okay. Mm. So now you take this and start extrapolating them. 
Number one, Putin has been anti-New World Order and globalist since he came into power in the late 1990s, early 2000s. Who's Putin? Do you know Putin's Putin's background? I don't know Putin's uh, biography, no. Former KGD. I know that. GRU, KGD. This Mm -hmm. dude is a fucking legit James Bond type of spy, okay? That, yeah. That's who he was. People seen the picture, and I'll see oh, if yeah. I can find it real quick. Uh, Putin. Reagan. Putin Let, let's see if J- I can find the picture. Yeah. There's a picture of him next to JFK as well. I don't know if that one's real. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't know if that one's real. But, yeah, there's a picture out there of, of Putin right next to Reagan. And it's been kind of speculated if that was really him, but it's definitely him. Now, the one thing about Putin is he doesn't speak very good English, so why would he be doing undercover operations in the United States? Although people have heard him speak English before, which is kind of interesting. Uh, But Putin, former KGB head, right? Very, very integrated into the criminal syndicates. Now, for people out there, if you kind of are wondering how this works, is that at the low level in your maybe in your community you have a guy that deals weed maybe occasionally you can get some cocaine from him well he gets it from somebody else most likely he's going to a big city he's getting it from the jamaicans he's getting it from the mexican cartels he's getting it from a, a level up or he's getting it from a grow house okay marijuana it, we're talking kind of like old days right but you're going to go to a bigger place and you're going to get your, your, your drugs. Now it's really cocaine and heroin that are being peddled from the cartels and these other gangs. So when you go to the cartels and the gangs, okay, well, where are they getting their drugs from? Well, this is industrial growth. This is coming from third world countries where it's being grown through slave labor and people are being forced and coerced to basically run and smuggle these drugs into this country. That's kind of where all this happens. Now, the primary element of the fentanyl production that's occurring right now in the cartels over the border of the United States in Mexico is coming from China. We know this because chemists have what's known as molecular signatures. And so they can go in and they can manipulate the molecular structure of, of certain synthetic produce chemicals and they can put their signature in it. One of the signatures that was identified about five years ago in the fentanyl coming over the border was a Chinese pharmaceutical company's signature on a lot of the fentanyl products that were coming over. Okay. So think about this is now you have like your, your, your village level drug dealer goes to the city, which is cartels and gangs, cartels and gangs go to larger crime syndicates. Those larger crime syndicates are directly related to either pharmaceutical companies, corporations, global elite, or governments. Okay. And this is operated clandestinely through intelligence agencies. And they take a certain portion of all the funds. They allow the traffic to go through. And this is how they basically finance black operations or whatever their operations might be. I got firsthand account of this when I was in the military and we seized over, I think it was 2.4 tons of cocaine and we were doing an offload in Jackson, uh, Jacksonville, Florida. And I was one of the guys offloading the cocaine um, and I was working with a DEA agent and we also had a CIA agent there and he kind of wore the mask. He was the one helping load it onto the truck. And we were, I was asking them, I'm like, hey, what happens to all this cocaine? And they're like, well, you know, 90% of it's going to be given back to the Colombian government in exchange for information. I go, well, what do they do with it? They said they give it right back to the cartels. I said, what's the point? He goes, exactly. It's all a loop of inf- information, intelligence, and money. 
It's a big game. Why why not sell if you can sell the cocaine once, why not sell it twice? It was already paid for when it was shipped. They didn't get it. It was interdicted by interdicted by the United States Navy. Oh, well, just lost three million dollars. Okay, turn it back around, give it back to the cartels, they resell it again. And one of these days it'll get through. Okay, so the whole drug war, the illicit drug war, is being controlled by intelligence community, pharmaceutical, and various factions of the global crime syndicate, this this large, massive crime syndicate. Okay, Putin knows this, Xi Jinping knows this, they, they all fucking know this. All right, you don't get to become a billionaire in the world, honestly. It just doesn't happen. You become a billionaire in the world through screwing people over and fucking people over day in and day out. By doing something illegal or illicit, it's easier to ask for forgiveness than it is for permission. This is how people make these strides. Okay, so we have the drug war. Obviously, we know and understand that this is how this works. Intelligence agencies basically control the crime syndicates. With Vladimir Putin, okay, he was this man in Russia who is kind of like over-organized crime or basically the handler for the oligarchs. So he made a great deal of money after the collapse of the Soviet Union, but he also retained a lot of power. And so all the secrets that were falling out and being sold off by the CIA and other intelligence agencies, he was bringing back in, acquiring them, nuke codes, these types of things, all the technologies, and he took power over Russia. This is why he's the most powerful man in Russia. Right Now, Putin understood that the West is a threat. And it has nothing to do with communism. It has nothing to do with democracy or constitutional republic. It has everything to do with just the radical ideology of these people and what they've been trying to do for the world to the world for a lot, very long time. In a 2014 speech, Vladimir Putin came out and called out the satanic global order, the new world order. Um, to this day, he still fights them. I'm not saying Vladimir Putin's a good guy. I'm not saying that I agree with him. I'm not saying I want to move to Russia. I'm just saying is that the enemy of my enemy is my friend in this account because he's fighting to take down the New World Order. Well, what's interesting is we start seeing a collaboration around 2019 with Xi Jinping and Russia. And I said, if you go back to the podcast, that what you're going to see evolve out of this is an economic alliance with China and Russia and other nations that we know of and called the BRICS nations. And I promoted or showed this World Economic Forum document talking about what's called the New Silk Road. And I said, this New Silk Road is going to formulate this new economic alliance. Now, this was originally supposed to be through the World Economic Forum and through the globalists. Western global nations was supposed to control this New Silk Road. They didn't. China and Russia, Russia was already away. China teamed up with Russia, brought in all these other countries. Now they have BRICS Plus and they formed this new Silk Road, which have basically pushed out all the Western nations. And they did it after this collapse, this, this critical threshold moment began to start coming in, right? So there's no turning back for the globalist. And all of a sudden China and Russia are going, uh, we're not cool with this. See you, bye. And they're like, wait, what the fuck just happened here? We just lost like the biggest ally we had, which was China. So when we start looking at China, they had already infiltrated U.S. politics. This was one of their primary uh, um, um, primary uh, kind of operations was infiltrate U.S. politics. Uh, Dianne Feinstein's 
valet driver or limo driver for 30 years was a Chinese spy arrested in 2018 under the Trump administration. Eric Swadwell, um, one of the members of the House Intelligence Committee, was sleeping with a Chinese spy known as Fang Fang. Um, Nancy Pelosi, need I say more about Chinese influence? Adam Schiff, Chinese influence. Joe Biden, Chinese influence. So we, we see that the Chinese influence is real. Mitch McConnell, his wife, his wife, Elaine Chow, owns one of the largest shipping companies out of China into the United States of America that is directly connected with the CCP. In 2007, I think it was, that same shipping company was indicted on bringing cocaine into the United States, smuggling cocaine into the United States. I mean, like, hello, people, wake up, right? So China has been in bed with U.S. politicians for a long time. But now what is happening? We're coming to that critical threshold moment. And this is what I want everybody to begin to see. I said before the midterm elections that Joe Biden is a threat, a liability to the globalist, to the Western world order. And the reason is, is because he's compromised by China. China is no longer playing their game. And I mean, there's so much other stuff involved in here. We're, we're talking about information warfare. We're talking about Donald Trump, Donald Trump, true social, Twitter, Elon Musk, drip, drip, flood, getting all this information out there, right? That, that is, we're not even including any of that in this right now. We're prim primarily just talking about China and Russia and kind of a brief, really brief summarization of how this all came about and what this current situation is that's evolving now. Okay. So, Feinstein's retiring. Pelosi's retiring. Swawell is kicked off of all committees. Adam Schiff is kicked off of all committees. Joe Biden is yeah. under massive investigation. Two years into his presidency, all of a sudden, boom, he's being hit with massive investigations. Why is it that every single Democrat that was infiltrated and on the payroll of China is now either losing all their committee seats, retiring, or under investigation? I guess probably China because China's pulled back or those connections are lost or they're losing. Because... There's an uptick from the Western globalists to remove the Chinese influence from the U.S. government. Okay? That, that, that's all we need to know. Now, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Probably think about, good. Think about Biden's chip act, CHIPS Act. <clears throat> so things don't make sense, right? Biden's CHIPS, CHIPS Act that came out in August, basically removing... Um, or basically moving manufacturing of chips back to the United States of America, microchips back to the United States of America. In September, he issued an executive order saying that any American citizen, dual citizen, American citizen that is working in China in the microchip industry would have seven days to either declare U.S. citizenship and get back to the United States or or lose their American citizenship. And what happened is, is a Chinese microchip manufacturing crashed overnight. It went from 100% production to almost a zero overnight. And they barely even rebounded from it right now. Okay. Joe Biden, who was on the payroll of China, did that to China. So that happened right before the midterm elections. So we kind of see this game being played. I don't think Joe Biden did that. I think that his people are getting orders from somebody else, but Joe Biden is corrupt and complicit. My thoughts and theories is they are getting ready to remove Joe Biden from presidency. The 25th Amendment, either he's going to stroke, heart attack, die of old age, 
um, or he's going to be impeached and removed. And I think Kamala Harris is right behind him. She doesn't have the ability to be president. She's not a naturalized, a natural born U.S. citizen. She was born in Jamaica, which is not an, an, an annex of the United States. Doesn't work like that. So this means that the Speaker of the House would become president in that scenario. If Joe Biden, 25th Amendment, dies, strokes, heart attacks, these types of things, assassinated, you could probably even see that, and blame it on right-wing terrorism, right? Um, or impeached and removed. We know Kamala is not going to become president. This is just, the Democrats don't even fucking want that. So we know that that's not going to happen. The next person in line is Kevin McCarthy, the Speaker of the House. Now, we have an interesting thing that happened with the Speaker of the House, don't we? is that this whole debacle back and forth, Trump in the background, on the House floor, on the phone with Marjorie Taylor Greene, negotiating between Matt Goetz, MTG, McCarthy, and the Freedom Caucus. And what did he say? Well, why don't we just in implement what's known as a Jeffersonian motion? This means that one member of Congress, of the Freedom Council, uh, um, Committee, can stand up and say, I don't want Kevin McCarthy as House Speaker anymore, and I pull away my vote. This means it goes back to a House floor, Congress goes out of session, and they have to re-vote for a Speaker of the House. And they all agreed to it. Okay? So this is a one-man coup in Congress right now. A one-man coup. Really. Literally. This means that Kevin McCarthy either has to play the game or get the fuck out of the way. So that's the important part there. Now, why is this important? Number one is that Kevin McCarthy now has to bring about the levels of investigations, Hunter Biden, Joe Biden, China influence, treason, um, stolen military secrets. We can talk about that later. Uh, we have the um, federal government's massive overreach into your fourth and first amendment rights through big tech, the repealing, trying to repeal 230. We have Google, Facebook, Twitter, which by the way, were all funded by a CIA think tank organization known as InQtel. Um, and basically were designed specifically to be data collection and data mining platforms. And 2000, it was January 14th, 2004, that a program through DARPA known as LifeLog, which was meant to collect the data pertinent to your life, pictures, memories, ideas, thoughts, daily habits and behaviors, things about your family, extended family, friends, all this stuff went offline. On that same day in 2004 is the day that Facebook was created. So, yes, this is kind of how this works. But we have Congress now investigating this with massive oversight. Not only that, as we have two states, Missouri and Louisiana, also investigating it. And so we see that this information is starting to flow. Things are starting to come into view. Now, from Donald Trump's point of view, one thing that we've been waiting for is Donald Trump we know he has it all. Q has told us we have it all. Mm -hmm. Okay. We know that the majority of that we have it all was acquired through illegal means. What do I mean? The NSA, under the direction of Admiral Mike Rogers and under the direction of the United States military before that, was basically doing data collection on American citizens. When this came out, when Edward Snowden released the PRISM program and all this stuff, we find out that they were spying on congressmen and senators and American companies. Does that really sound like they're using that to spy on American citizens? Or were they looking for something specifically? To me, when I look at Snowden's leak of the NSA program, what I see 
is I see a military operation going out there trying to identify the people who are selling this country out to the globalists, to China, who are selling military secrets. And this is exactly mm. what I believe they were doing. But the problem is, is that's so high level that that information can't be released. So think about this. That information gets released. We have it all. We have all that evidence, but it's inadmissible in court. You can't use it because it was illegally obtained. It wasn't done through a FISA warrant. It wasn't done through the, uh, the the respect of the Fourth and Fifth Amendment, these types of things. So we have it all. We know what to look for, but now we have to catch them legitimately through real investigations. Well, that's where you're entering into right now. And so Donald Trump, this is uh, his Truth Social, um, January 16th, so today, uh, actually, this is uh, not the one I wanted to look at. I wanted to look at this one right here. He says, the White House just announced that there is no logs or information of any kind on the visitors to the Wilmington house and flimsy, unlocked and unsecured, but now very famous garage. Maybe they are smarter than we think. This is one of the seemingly many places where highly classified documents are stored in a big pile on a damp floor. Mar-a-Lago is highly secured facility with security cameras all over the place and watched over by staff and our great secret service. He goes, I have info on everyone. Donald Trump just told you right there. I have it all. I know what was in those documents. Now, this is where it gets interesting. A little while ago at 5 p.m. my time, he said the FBI, the fake bureau investigation and the Department of Injustice, together with the Trump-hating thug Jack Smith, are interviewing, harassing, subpoenaing people that work for me relative to the boxes hoax and the peacefully and patriotic speech I made on the January 6th protest of the rigged and stolen presidential election where so many people have been treated horribly and unconstitutionally. This is a Gestapo-type operation. Are they doing this to the Biden people? I don't think so. But look what he wrote in here. Look at the word stolen. It's misspelled. What do we know about misspelling? Look right there. Stolen. S-T-O-L-L-E-N. That's not how you spell stolen. <laughs> so what's interesting about that is I thought I had, oh, this is a different one, is if you go in there and you put kill brackets L, there's only two posts that come up. One is about uh, Rothschilds. Okay, Lynn Forrester, the Rothschild. And the other one is about D-Class. Now, let's think about what we're talking about here. Let the unsealing begin. Let the D-Class begin. Let the world witness the truth. We the people, justice under law. Now, that's kind of interesting, considering everything that we were just talking about and kind of how all this fits together, right? Absolutely. Now, let's go to my other post about this. Because if we look at... Both of those posts, I have info on everyone. He talks with the misspelling, let the unsealing begin, let the D-class begin. So there's two points here. Let the unsealing, they're talking about indictments, okay? Let the unsealing begin, let the D-class begin. The world must witness the truth. At the same time, we have Twitter files dropping bombs. Everybody from lone congressman Schiff and the House Intelligence Committee to pharmaceutical companies, to Washington bureaucrats, to corporations, private businesses, were having Americans censored in direct violation of their constitutional rights. Pfizer, today, we learned, Pfizer was out telling Twitter, you gotta suppress this, these people that are talking about cheap, ineffective treatments for COVID. 
You, you have to suppress that. That's not coming from us. And we're paying you lots of money. Direct violation yep. of your for, First Amendment rights. So put it all together. <clears throat> Excuse me. Sorry. Yeah. What, is all, what does all this mean? What does it all mean? Yeah. Absolutely. I'm not sure what it all means, but I will say this. I feel like <clears throat> I feel like it's so corrupt and people are operating in the mm-hmm. shadows illegally across the board here in every country. <clears throat> and as soon as people start getting arrested mm-hmm. in droves, they're going to start abandoning each, abandoning each other and just being mm-hmm. left in the dark by themselves. And everyone's going to just be out for to protect themselves. And we probably already see some of this happening. Like people are probably panicking, panic in DC. What does it mean? So Pammy said, and so she said, trust the plan, but no, there is a plan. And it's interesting that Mike Flynn, general Mike Flynn, all of a sudden jumps in. He releases his new book, uh, 5GW, fifth generation warfare. And now he's on Twitter and he's exposing it. He's saying, look, just wait, watch this. Here it comes. Look at this. Look at this. What we have to see is this, is that Trump, I think this is what happened, art of the deal. For four years of Trump as president, he had influence over various countries. I believe that Vladimir Putin for a very long time has had a plan to take down the new world order, to take down the Western globalists, okay? Now, Whether Trump cares what Putin thinks or cares what the Western globalists think, we know he doesn't care what either one of them think. He's going to utilize that in a strategy. Think about if you're playing 5G chess, Mm -hmm. right? So let's say that back in 2014, the Flynn Intel Group, which was what Mike Flynn was doing right after he left the DIA, Defense Intelligence Agency, he was operating this with a business associate and his, uh, his son, a Turkish business associate. They only had one contract, and this is kind of where all the Sergi Kisilak stuff all comes from. But the one contract was with the country of Turkey, where they were trying to basically get this former leader of Turkey back into control of Turkey because he was wanted for the death of a lot of people. And he had gotten asylum and immunity in the United States and was living in Pennsylvania. And Flynn was trying to work on this. Okay? But the president of Turkey... Aragon or Adrian or whatever his name is, is good friends with Vladimir Putin. And so Flynn, Turkey, Putin, Flynn, Turkey, Putin. Okay. We see this kind of coordination that can be drawn is Flynn doesn't have to have direct contact with Putin. Flynn at the time was in negotiations and talks with Trump, national security director, director of national security. Trump and Flynn team up. We have Admiral Mike Rogers, who is still the head of the NSA at the time. Understand this. Admiral Mike Rogers was the head of the NSA at the time. Goes to Trump's tower. There's a meeting there. You have, I think you have Roger Stone, Steve Bannon, you have Trump, you have Flynn. They're all meeting at Trump Tower, okay? Mike Rogers goes in and goes, writes on a piece of paper, they're listening to you. They have Pfizer warrants out on it. He's, you're not supposed to do that. But that's what Mike Rogers did. Why? Why? Why was the active admiral in the United States Navy, the head of the National Security Agency, going to Trump Tower to tell candidate Donald Trump and former Lieutenant General head of the DIA, who's running as National Security Director, 
that if they're watching you, they have FISA warrants on you. Why would he do that? Yeah. Mm, I would think he probably had a plan to make it stop and just letting him know not to say something. Okay. I don't know. What do you think? What's the connection? Flynn and Rogers, right? Mm-hmm. So Admiral Rogers came from cryptography. Okay. He's not an intelligence guy. He's a okay. crypt- cryptographic guy, right? He deals with uh, electronic warfare, cryptographic technologies, these types of things. Yeah. Coded messages. Mike Flynn's the one who got him into intelligence and recommended him for various positions in intelligence. The only reason that he was the head of the NSA and a four-star admiral was because of Lieutenant General Mike Flynn. Mm-hmm. Mike Flynn made his career. Now, why would a Army Lieutenant General put his neck out there, put his career on the line to get a Navy Admiral who's not in intelligence into the ranks of the intelligence community? Why? Think about it like this. Do you know? You ever heard of Skull and Bones? Hey, yeah. The Secret okay. Society? That's right. Mm-hmm. The person with the lowest GPA in Skull and Bones, do they, they get out and get a good career and make a lot of money? I'm sure. Why is that? They're part of the club, I guess. They take care of each other. They're part of the club. Mm-hmm. Why did Mike Flynn bring Admiral Rogers into the intelligence community? Is it because he's in the club? Because he's part of club? the club. What club? What club? Yeah. Military brass. Mm. Colonel, captain, five, uh, you know, one star, two star, three star, four star. You, you're, you're not selected and you go through a board proceeding where they say, ah, oh, welcome to the club. No. You're initiated. Four star admirals are gonna look. You don't become. You don't get your third star without the three stars. Okay. You don't. Get, oh, sorry. You don't get your three star without the four stars approving of you. You don't get okay. your. You don't get your three star, or sorry, you don't get your two stars unless the three stars approve of you. Right. Kind of the way it works is there's an echelon of general officers. These general officers basically say this person's going to get promoted. This person's not. This one's a patriot. This one's not. Or this one's a member of the deep state and this one's not. And for the longest time, you had this divergence of general officers. And this happened after Bush Jr. Hmm. Right around the time that Barack Obama came in, you had this massive divergence of general officers in the military. You had a lot that formulated what we would consider to be the military industrial complex, like, fuck, this dude's radical, this is crazy. And you had a lot of outspoken retired generals and admirals start coming out during that time. Speaking of the atrocities of the Bushes, of of Obama, of what they're doing wrong, talking on national security, talking on international politics. Okay. This culminated up until about 2012 after Barack Obama won re-election, and then he ejected 123 general officers from the ranks, fired them all, one fell swoop. Every single one of them, why did they get fired? Because they were patriots, they were part of that club we just talked about. They were people who were trying to undo what the deep state and looking into what the deep state was doing. Okay, And I believe that Flynn, Rogers, and a few others... We're in that good club. 
And this is why you carry someone along with you because you trust him. They have loyalty. They're in the same club, right? So Rogers, still head of the NSA, goes out there and goes, shit, there's FISA warrants. They're listening to them, uncovers it, right? And he's not going to do that unless he has something on them, which he did. So, you know, he had protections. So Flynn knows where the bodies are buried. What bodies? Well, maybe Hillary Clinton's email bodies. Maybe it's literal bodies. Maybe it's both. Um, for anybody questioning Flynn, I don't know if he's a good guy or a bad guy. Um, I served, you know, just under 10 years in the United States Navy. I think Flynn is 100% legit patriot. I do. I'd love to have him on the show. I'd love to talk to him. Um, do I think that he is misaligned in any way? No, I don't. Um, you know, some of the words he said in the sense of religion and state, I, I disagree with, but that's just, that's just me. Um, but what we see is we see these general ranks that basically rose up as well that were helping Trump. And I think that there was communication or collaboration with Putin or at least Putin's intelligence part sector there to get Ooh. Trump elected, not by stealing the election, but by shutting down the stealing. Right, shutting down the servers that were running hammer and scorecard that were going to allow Hillary Clinton to cheat, and I think that the Democrats, the deep state, knew this, and this is why they're saying Russian collusion, Russian collusion, Russian collusion, because they were going to blame it on them and investigate them afterwards. But there were certain mm -hmm. fail safes in place. Um, if you remember the the rumors of the meetings that happened. Number one rumor of the meeting that happened is Mike Rogers went to James Comey, who was head of the FBI at the time, brought him a recording of the tarmac meeting between Loretta Lynch and Bill Clinton, of which he basically mis, um, uh, renamed the log file on the NSA servers, hid it from the deep state so they couldn't delete it, made a copy of it, went and gave it to James Comey on, I think, October 31st, right before the election, which prompted James Comey to go out and open the investigation back up into Hillary Clinton because of the evidence that the Patriots had. That's one thing. Number two is after Trump had won the election, this is rumor, haven't confirmed this, but a group of generals went to the White House and met with Barack Obama and told him, if you go to interfere with the inauguration of President Donald Trump, there will be a military coup on this country, country through the military. And Barack Obama stepped down. Okay? But they formulated another way around it. Obviously, impeachment, impeachment, Mueller investigation, all this other stuff. So this is kind of where that was and where we've evolved to now is that you had to organize a dynamic plan, a changing plan of moves and counter moves. And so now we're coming to the culmination of all this. Now, one of the most important parts was, and this is what Flynn talked about, is that mm -hmm. we're in the midst of fifth generation warfare that had not been born then yet. The way people consumed information, okay, back in the day, was watching Walter Cronkite for 30 minutes to an hour, Peter Jennings, 60 minutes news. This is how people consumed information. Well, see, in 2010 was really the birth of the internet. Do you know this? Like, the birth um, of the internet came like the 90s. But yeah. really, the level of consumption of digital information came in 2010. Why was okay. 2010 specific? I don't know. It's interesting. Maybe just the development and the 
social media and stuff took off? So this 2010 is like one of the first years that we had a level of cloud infrastructure that could support data exchanges and high bandwidth to actually bring about this level of technology to be utilized for good stream quality, audio quality, and image rendering. Okay? So this is kind of where the technological infrastructure was at that point where we're good. We, We can start consuming digital technology. Well, between 2010 and 2013, people went through a transition on how they consume information. People stopped watching the six o'clock, seven o'clock news and weather reports and started getting more and more information from their phone, from the internet, started consuming information through the internet, through visual channels on the internet. I, I was upstairs the other day. Yeah. Talking to my daughter. She goes, what you watching? I go, a TV show. She goes, that's not a TV. That's a computer. She's talking about our legit TV. But she was right. Not watching a TV show. You're watching a computer. Now, (laughs) take that in the perspective, right? Is Uh that someone like General Mike Flynn would be able to see this trend. He would be able to see how the way people were consuming information was changing. It was transforming. And he'd be able to go, if this is the case... And we know for the last 50 years, intelligence agencies, corrupt governments, deep state, these these ruling factions have utilized the control of information, the control and the dissemination of information to control us. Then we have this small window of opportunity to go in there and take it back. Give birth 2014, 2015, what happens? We have two reporters die, Michael Hastings, Andrew Breitbart, right? Andrew Breitbart dies of the supposed heart attack gun. Out jogging one day, um, it was like two weeks after he released a, um, a, so he was working on a big story for Breitbart, okay? He was, he was a conservative, but he wasn't like a conspiracy theorist. But he was working on a big story and nobody knew what it was. Apparently it was Pizzagate, which was really in its infancy in 2012. He gets visited or he dies of a heart attack at 42 years of age. Most likely heart attack gun. Okay. A year later, 2013, Michael Hastings, this is the guy who basically took down General McChrystal, who was the head of all military forces in Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. Firstly, McChrystal, I think many people perceive as a good guy. Okay. okay. It's one of the patriots. But I would disagree with that because of defeat disinfo, DARPA technology utilized against conservatives. But that's more recent. McChrystal was taken down. He came out. He was very critical of Barack Obama. But what he was doing is he was trying to win the war against ISIS and ISIL by all means necessary. So he was using Blackwater and third-party mercenaries to go in there and basically decimate um, towns and villages with no regard to civilian casualties. Well, he was ousted. And how was he ousted is by a reporter from the Rolling Stones magazine by the name of Michael Hastings. Michael Hastings came out and talked to some of his staff. And the staff reported back and he went through public documents and he came out and he took down McChrystal. And McChrystal had to resign because of this. Now, one of the interesting things I is, and I'm like, well, who was it that narked on McChrystal about all this and leaked this to Michael Hastings? There had to be someone there of importance and there was. General McChrystal's chief of staff in 2012, when all that happened, was a guy by the name of Colonel Charles 
Flynn. He's now General Charles Flynn, CENTCOM. That's Michael Flynn, who is at the time head of the Defense Intelligence Agency's brother. Now, if you can't look at that connection and go, was it Charles Flynn that gave Michael Hastings all this information? I'm speculating. But it seems to match up with what we're talking about here, right? Because they're trying to take down Barack Obama and McChrystal is directly under Obama in the chain of command. And so this will look bad on Obama. Anyways, Michael Hastings becomes kind of well-known because of this article taking down McChrystal. And then a few years, uh, about a few weeks later, a few years later, what happens is, is he gets a hot lead on a new story. And this is the Central Intelligence Agency and various types of new weaponry that they're utilizing. And this, apparently, the story that he was working on was the CIA's ability to hack into uh, personal devices, cell phones, Mm. computers, cars, and take control of cars and assassinate people using cars. A few weeks later, Michael Hastings dies because his car goes wildly out of control and crashes into a tree. Right. Nobody's and none the wiser, right? And John Brennan at the time was this prime point of investigation, and he was the head of the CIA. So you yeah. see this kind of like clandestine. And by the way, this is multi-domain warfare that we're talking about here. Um, and I'm going to get into the news, guys. Don't worry. But I, I want to explain this because there's a lot of new listeners to this channel um, on all of our channels out there. I know there's a lot of new people coming in. They're probably like... Like, you go so fast. I don't understand what you're talking about. You're referencing all these old points. Well, there's like, I could probably do this for three hours talking about the whole story, but I, I think this general overview is best right now for now. So they take, so basically, Trump comes out and starts doing this whole attack on fake news, on the news media, attacking CNN, MSNBC. And they had the reign, they were dominating. The airways, yeah. they were dominating the internet channels, right? Absolutely. You, you go to Drudge Report, it's CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, it's all these articles. Yeah, okay. That's it. All of us had that playing in our houses, right? But Donald Especially... Trump comes out. Oh, no, go ahead. Uh-huh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Well, Donald Just Trump comes out and basically starts imprinting in the people's minds that that's fake news, that that's not real. They're not telling you the truth. Why? I'm an insider and I was there. I'm the one who utilized their laws to pay no taxes. I'm the (laughs) one who took their laws that were made for wealthy people and made myself rich. I played that game. Their game is set up for them, not you. I know the game because I played it. They're corrupt. They're trying to crash this and kill this country. Vote for me for president. And the news is all fake. This is what he literally did. And here's the thing, it didn't really take hold, right? The news and media attacked him. He came out and said that, hey, any news coverage is good coverage. And he was right. Because even CNN was reporting that he's calling us fake news. He's calling us fake news. And we started to see it. Because what happened is Donald Trump took meticulous records of everything that they did through the candidacy and presidency. And when they said, oh, Donald Trump said this, he goes, no, I didn't. Bing. (laughs) And he used Twitter to do that. I didn't say that. This is what I said. Fake news. That's not what I said. This is what I said. Fake news. And this is how people started to see it. Right? Yes. You can't tell the people. You have to show them. The start well, of the Great Awakening. That's right. Now enter the phenomena of 17Q. 
okay? Whenever we think of Q, whether you hate it, you like it, you love it, you follow it, you don't follow it, whether you think it's, you know, a, a, a psychological warfare operation, a disinformation operation, some dude in his mom's basement smelling his own farts on a computer on 4chan, whether you think it's the Watkins family, doesn't matter. It, it doesn't matter. What Q did is he set the precedence for people to go out there. And he just set a precedence. It doesn't matter, mean that the information was true. It doesn't mean that it was false. It doesn't mean that it was like insider information. But it brought, it, it formulated a level of clout with an audience by a validation with Donald Trump, a coordination and a validation with Donald Trump. From that point, it went out there and said, question authority, question information. You're being lied to. Follow breadcrumbs. Look at this breadcrumb. Look at this breadcrumb. Look at this breadcrumb. Follow them. See what happens. Well, this starts to take off and people start going to podcasts and shit, which was really organized in 2009 by Joe Rogan in, in kind of how it made him popular. And people start taking the podcast and talking about all this stuff. Conspiracy forums all over the place. Talk about Q, mysterious, right? Well, then people get censored. They get shut down overnight. And they go, whoa, I don't have a platform anymore. So what do they do? They go out there and they start finding places. They start supporting all these alternative solutions. Then all of a sudden you start seeing all these alternative solutions popping up. They say, hey, look, if you're getting censored, come out over here. We don't care. They stop. They start leaving YouTube. They start leaving social media. They start going to these other platforms. And so what do you have now? We are now the news. We are now the media. We now control the information era. People are no longer getting their news from CNN, MSNBC, or CBS, or any of these shit stations. They're getting their news from you, me, and other people. They're getting their news through, through work conversations back and forth. They're getting their news through online platforms. Now, that can be dangerous and rewarding because you can get a whole bunch of bullshit and disinformation but you also can get a good relevance of truth. And see, that's the thing, is because of that, people learn to basically have discernment of the information they're bringing into their senses. They get to look out there and say, hey, that doesn't make much sense to me. This Derek Johnson guy is talking about some really radical shit. And uh, let me go look up that stuff myself. Yeah. And they go look it up and they go, ah, he's full of shit. Or they say, you know, there, there's tribunals happening in... in Gitmo and people are being, you know, executed and replaced with clones and be like, oh, let me look into that. Well, there's no real evidence to substantiate that. But then you see is that people like you and me since 2020 been saying, hey, Donald Trump's not going to be president. Most likely what's going to happen is he's going to create a social media platform. And during the right time, when everything is organized, you're going to start see drip, drip, flood and a wealth of information start flowing out. Once people have a tune to these alternative platforms and they come to a point of critical mass, when that occurs, you're going to see information start flooding out onto these platforms that can no longer be stopped in the sense of the spread because we now are the media. That's what we've been saying. And it's fucking here right now. It's happening. It's literally happening. And guess what? This is the timing. Everything is coming to this point of culmination. We call it the Great Awakening versus the Great Reset. It's coming to this point of culmination. We are now the media. The only way that they can shut these messages down is to turn off the internet. And if they Pretty did much. that, you know what happens next? That's what happens next. Because people are pissed off, prepared. We've seen... Tons more shit than you can ever imagine that, that our founding fathers would never put up with. Right. And so it is past the point of no return. 
Nothing can stop what's coming. As in, this systematic collapse is coming. All these, all these organ, all these countries that have been waiting for this moment. Okay, we got to bring everything down to the knees through a firestorm event. That is coming. You can't stop that. But what happens in between? Who comes in and controls the chaos from that point? This is the moment they've all been waiting for. This is the whole reason the last four and five years has been to take over the control of information, get people out there to distribute information, how to research information, what, how to be decentralized on the internet and keep the message flowing, to keep the news flowing. This was done for a reason. And the reason is right now. Because of what is freaking happening. You know, I, I watched some uh, disturbing videos of like, you know, police officers busting into the house and putting people in the railroad cars and saying, you know, it happened oh then and it can happen now. Just we're not any special. And that's yeah. the truth. And I talked about this is that they'll come in the middle of the night and they'll bust down your door and they'll take you to concentration camps. And the problem with that theory is, is that you have to find the people to do it. And this is why we think that they'll most likely bring in radicals from other countries to do something like that, because American police, sheriffs, and military will have a very hard time doing that against American citizens. And not only not only that is when you add the bioweapon into it, this brings a whole new dynamic. I showed that video last week of that Australian guy breaking down the window of that doctor. You're that right. you gave her the vaccine and she's dead. Yeah, That's going to become common day place. Soon yeah. they will not be able. So what do I think the shot heard around the world was? What? COVID-19 vaccine. Mm, shot. shot heard okay. around the world. The vaccine. Okay. Soon they'll not be able to walk down the street. Who? The eugenicists, the globalists, the politicians, everybody who pushed it. Yes. And we're coming to this head. We're, we're coming to this culmination point where the world is going to crash, where the economy Infrastructure. Infrastructure is going to be attacked. Supply chain is going to be attacked. The global economy is going to collapse. And guess what? How many billions of heirloom seeds are sitting out there in preppers' cabinets? A lot. Thousands upon thousands X more than there was last year. Yes. Okay? And this is the key. Is that we can protect and sustain ourselves. We are prepared. I, I made a post earlier. I said, look, if you don't know what's happening... You know, if you don't know what's happening, you're not prepared for what's happening, you're not paying attention and you probably should watch the show tonight. That's kind of why I'm doing this. But I'm hoping everybody's listening. And I've only put out a few little facts, uh, connecting dots. Dude, there's, I could write fucking a book mm -hmm. on this, okay? There's so much more to push into all that. But that's kind of like a basic overview is we went all over the place, right? But yeah, it's a yeah. basic overview. It's good. So what people need to know is this. I don't know when. I don't know how. But what's being discussed in Davos right now is the future that they're pushing for. The Western elites and the BRICS plus nations. They're all pushing for central bank digital currencies. They're all pushing for more concentralized um, um, populations in concentralized points and depopulation yeah. of their people. Okay? China right now is depopulating their, their country. I don't care if you believe me or not. They're depopulating their country. They're killing people. Okay? Why? Probably because it's more manageable with small populations on this planet. 
probably did you ever did you ever wonder why they're moving towards green infrastructure of wind and solar oh well you mentioned it the other day and this i didn't ever think about it but basically they'll be able to sustain the amount of people that they want that's right see the green infrastructure that they're building right now is not going to sustain the global population right now but a population of about 1 billion people it will didn't think about that did we no highly reduced the population of the world and green infrastructure works especially as everybody's can centralize to these one mile square mile long cities yeah or the 10 mile cities or whatever Josh find some Hitler meth or what (laughs) oh my gosh and I had a lot to talk about tonight I'm fucking out of time oh well (laughs) that's an important thing to cover and we could just there's always tomorrow. There's so much news in a day, dude. It's crazy. I know. All right. Uh, by the way, guys, I wanted to let the Facebook users know we can now receive stars on Facebook. So the Facebook is now can be added into um, the battle of the stream. So now we have Facebook rumble pilled and D live, but uh, Kimba for him donated one lemon. Thank you so much. Kimba uh, Shannon, 13, seven ice cream. Thank you so much. Shannon cat ledge TN Tennessee one lemon. Thank you so much. Cat ledge. JCMC triple zero seven two ice creams light time three ice creams thank you so much JCMC and light time Patriot Pisces one diamond thank you so much Patriot Pisces RPG thirty five seventy three donated four ice cream thank you so much RPG Charming Nicole five lemon thank you so much Charming Nicole Lindsay fourteen a week to remember the hunters become the hunted drip drip mud flood seventeen dollars and another fourteen dollars on rubble thank you so much Lindsay fourteen. And uh, another Lindsay fourteen forty five dollars. Never give up, never give in, never back down, and fight, fight, fight because the best is yet to come. It's the outsiders that will change the world. Thank you so much, Lindsay fourteen. Shannon thirteen thirteen five ice cream. Thank you much, Shannon. And bayonet one lemon. Thank you all for those donations and helping support everything we do here at the Red Pill Project, the Daily Dose, and uh, all of our shows: the Dark Delight Show, Morning Coffee, Conversations on the Fringe. Um, Let's uh, let me see if there's any pertinent news that we really wanted to talk about. That every was everything was kind of like, yeah, everything yeah. was all over the place. Was, oh, oh, hold on, hold on, we gotta talk about this one. Which one? Which one? Which one? Head in the ass. The head in the ass. Fuck. Sexualized bronze blob. Woke ten million dollar Martin Luther King sculpture widely mocked. This is just atrocious. It literally looks like a head up the ass. I, I get it. It's called the embrace. I understand that. But from one angle, it looks like a head up the ass. From another angle, it looks like he's holding a big ding dong. Yeah, dude. Right? From this angle, it looks either like a big ding dong or it looks like a big old piece of poop. Right? <laughs> yeah, turd. It's yeah. absolutely awful, man. This is just... So disrespectful to Dr. Martin Luther King. Totally. totally. Oh, man. Unbelievable. And I, I saw uh, Stu Peters today posting, like, Martin Luther King's a, a communist. And uh, he, oh, yeah, was, yeah, he yeah. was, like, the, the founder oh. of the uh, Eating Pussy, Eating Pussy International. Wait, and, what? And, oh, yeah, yeah. Stu Peters was posting a whole bunch of stuff. And I'm just Is that like, real? It's Stu Peters was posting it, and I'm like, are you doing this sarcastically, or are you, like, actually believe this shit? Because, here, buddy, it's none of that. Director. Um, it was all disinformation. And their activity the to go after Dr. Yeah, King yeah, didn't even cease when he died. The CIA and because 
as Congress began to consider the question of whether or not Dr. King's birthday should be named and made a national holiday, uh, the Bureau developed plans to call in friendly congressmen for off-the-record briefings concerning King in the hopes that those congressmen could keep any such bill from being reported out of committee. A report was written uh, for the director uh, by his chief intelligence officer reporting that the Communist Party in fact for 40 years had been trying to control the Negro movement uh, and that it had always failed and that its efforts in connection with the March on Washington were infinitesimal. This was not accepted uh, by the director of the FBI. He found that thinking wrong, unacceptable, and said that it must be changed, and it was changed. Uh, and then we find paper coming in in which the lower level people in the FBI apologize for having misunderstood matters, and on they go uh, with this effort to discredit and start, they do, the bugs uh, on Dr. King. So through the church committee, we learned that they were discrediting Martin Luther King Jr. with massive disinformation campaign through the CIA. And the FBI believed it and created these documents. And I, I, I didn't know if Stu Peters was being serious or just joking around showing, but it was, it was kind of interesting. But yeah, sarcasm doesn't translate well on written text on Twitter. First, I want right. to say, dude, I got to play this one. Okay, do it. This is fucking, yes. dude liberalism has come full circle okay we went through you have to identify me by my pronouns to now pronouns can be my first name check this out say that anybody can have no pronouns whether you're agender non-binary or just no pronouns line with you you can use no pronouns now what that actually means this means instead of using any pronouns to describe this person you would be using their full name i'll use myself for an example Knowing my pronouns are they, them, you would say, oh, they went to the store and then they recorded some TikToks. But if I were to use no pronouns, I would say, oh, Rachel went to the store and then Rachel recorded some TikToks. So you're just using your real fucking name? Like, what a novel idea. What a fucking <laughs> novel idea. Then she yeah. goes on to say, or you can use a pronoun nickname. Like, instead of Rachel, we call her Ra. And so oh. Ra. Went to the grocery stores. Or Rach. Wow. Yeah, Rach. Dude, they came full so fucking circle from mediocrity. Now we're back at, well, well, you can call me by my name. That's actually genius because if you have a very long name, you could just shorten it to a very short one-syllable word. Like Joseph being Joe? <laughs> Vincent <Yeah>. being Vince? <laughs> Joshua being Josh? Yeah. What? <laughs> Wonderland, bro. Like, this they're just figuring this out. Like, oh, my God, did you guys realize that, like, with language, we can call each other by our real name? Oh, oh my God. <laughs> I need to make a TikTok It is gender appropriate. <laughs> Holy shit. Like, well, Rachel is a female. Well, I'm a female. Holy shit. See how that works? Wait, you're saying the name Rachel is not masculine? Why can't the name Rachel be masculine? Oh, this has got to be a point to press right now. What's your name? <laughs> Elizabeth. Um, you're a trans woman? Yeah. Why Why is uh, that name trans? Why does Elizabeth have a gender? 
Why does that name identify it as a gender? Mm. They do do that. That's a good point for argument right there. I like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no girl, no transgender girl or whatever no, wants to be called yeah. Richard. <laughs> well, Gary. Gary. Dick. What's your what's your name? My name's Gary. <laughs> it's sexism. I'm telling you. <laughs> so silly, dude. This is what has happened with all this psychological warfare to our society. The San Francisco panel studying reparations has pros a one-time payment of five million dollars to each black resident of the city deemed eligible as recompense for the decades of harm they have experienced. You know what's racist about this? What's that? You have to have been identifying yourself as black for over a decade. That's not the racist part. The racist part is you had to be a homeowner for a certain amount of time. And that is so racist because white, owning a home is a white person thing. So they're only giving this out to black people. It's like three people in privilege. San Francisco. Like, <laughs> Yeah. It is. So, you're right. It is. They're not going to give it to anybody. Nope. Finally, the shoes. CDC is investigating the link between Pfizer boosters and strokes. And uh, next, uh, it'll be heart attacks. Yeah, and they're not going to find anything. Yeah. every Listen to this. Every year, more than 700,000 Americans get an ischemic stroke. It is responsible for roughly 90% of all strokes. Finally, the CDC is investigating the link between Pfizer booster and strokes. <laughs> Un. Frigging believable. Health is very important. Health is Ooh. very important. Okay, let's see here. Um, going through this, we talked about the Twitter files. This was a good theory. I like this one. Specula speculation growing on the Hill that U.S. Attorney David Weiss, the Delaware prosecutor investigating Hunter Biden, may have pressured the sudden discovery of Biden's private far-flung stash of classified White House materials. And this comes because Weiss was investigating Hunter Biden and Hunter Biden's overseas business dealings through tax, ev tax evasion. We know that this pinpoints directly mm -hmm. to Joe Biden. Hunter Biden had residents at Joe Biden's house who claimed $49,000 of rent, which Joe Biden only claimed he received $10,000 of rent throughout the whole tax year. Fraud. That was 49. Yeah, that was massive tax fraud right there. Um, Hunter Biden's residence. So I guess he was going through documents and they found, I believe, the documents at the Penn Center first and then at the Biden house. But it was the law Joe Biden's lawyers who found the documents at the house, which, by the way, the lawyers don't have the correct security clearances to go obtain those uh, those classified documents. So now there's a whole big shitstorm. So this is going to be massive of how this unfolds. But um, what's interesting is that um, David Weiss is a Trump appointee. One of only two Trump appointees not asked to stop down, step down during the Biden administration. Huh. Makes sense. So did you hear Wells Fargo is uh, no longer going to be giving white folks mortgages? Pretty much, essentially, yeah. Ridiculous. Oh, God. Arizona Appeals Court grants Carrie Lake's request to expedite 2022 election challenge. That's good news. Um... Growing number of Illinois sheriffs say they'll re refuse to enforce new gun control law passed by the Democrats. Good. I believe the law oh. is um, is an anti-Second Amendment, potentially unconstitutionally, not calls uh, not only calls for banning new sales of so-called assault weapons, but while it also allows for current owners to keep the weapons they have, they must register them with the Illinois State Police. 
Yep. Hey, I want your thoughts on one thing before we move on. It's probably yeah. something people were curious about. What do you think about all these various figures canceling their World Economic Forum day so, in Davos or stay So or one of them was day. bullshit. So Klaus Schwab – so the Vancouver Times, which is a disinformation outlet, said that Klaus Schwab canceled his trip because of COVID-19. That was absolute garbage. Uh, the original rumor of this was on mainstream media was that Klaus Schwab was not feeling well and would not attend the opening ceremonies. Right after that, you had George Soros jump out and John Kerry was not attending. His aide was attending instead. And I think Bill Gates is not attending. So that's kind of interesting. Um, what does that mean? I said potential security concerns. I think that there was security concerns mm -hmm. that there was identified intelligence on threats at Davos and this is why those people pulled back specifically. But Klaus was there today, so we have to keep yes, that in was. mind. Yeah, that got me this morning. But yeah, Klaus was there, but various other people are mm -hmm. not. And it's really curious. We'll see how it unfolds this week. But I think you're right. I think there probably was a threat or something along those right. lines. People were speculating, though. They're like, remember that Titanic, though, bro? Remember the Titanic? They took everybody out. This is the conspiracy. And the people yep. who didn't go arranged it to happen. So do you remember when I talked about the movie or the TV show Peripheral and uh, what the jackpot was in the movie Peripheral? Mm -hmm. I don't recall exactly what it was. What was it? Okay. I don't the Peripheral it. I is based it. on the book uh, of the same name by William Gibson, and that's where our knowledge about the jackpot comes from. The world that Flynn, the main character, visits in the future is set in a post-jackpot era where she notices that the population is much lesser than in her own timeline. Well, in The Sim, and it's a simulation that she's playing, when Flynn still thinks that she's playing a game, Alita West tells her that she will most probably be dead by the next decade. And so she was actually time-traveling with con uh, quantum entanglement to the future. Um, so Alita West tells her that she'll probably be dead in the next decade. This gives the audience a sense that some apocalyptic event might have happened. Uh, the book describes a jackpot as an androgynous, uh, uh, Adrogenic, systematic, multiplex event that has no beginning or, or end. It is hard to pinpoint when exactly it started because it wasn't just one cataclysmic event that changed everything. It was a group of events happening simultaneously or in succession that led to a lot of deaths and steep downfall in the population. Uh, it posits an apocalypse that takes centuries to get rid of us. We don't seem to have any cultural wherewithal to deal with that. We usually think of the apocalypse as though it's the ultimate bad day. Considering the current situation of the world, he uh, let go of his optimism of a better world in the future, saying that after reaching a certain age, sci-fi writers tend to acquire the everything is going to hell in a handbasket perspective. In the jackpot, the peripheral, the jackpot in the peripheral is everything from wars famine, water shortages, food crises, and diseases that didn't spread on the pandemic level but claimed enough lives to go down in history as a dark chapter. By the time things were brought under control, 80% of the world's population had been lost. The loss of human life was also accompanied by the disappearance of animals. The bees are all but gone. The food chain has been so severely affected that most of the alpha predators are now extinct. It's a great show. It's on Amazon. Check it out, but check this article out. This is from the World Economic Forum, January 13, 2023. We're on the brink of a poly crisis. How worried should we be? I've been fucking it saying it. Firestorm event. The world is facing connected risks that threaten the poly crisis. The crisis, cost of living crisis is the most immediate and severe global risk. Climate-related risks are the biggest future threat facing the world. The poly crisis have catastrophic consequences, including armed conflict. Uh, so 
The collective vocabulary stored in the world's greatest dictionaries didn't appear to hold a single wor world to sum up all this strife. Here's a new one. Polycrisis. Or just replace that with jackpot. Uh... The report produced by partnership of Marshall McLennan and Zurich Insurance Group highlights multiple global risks and is the call to action to prepare the world for future shocks. Prepare the world for future shocks. Not avoid them. Not bring resolutions before they happen. Prepare the world for it. The top 10 risks. Um, 10 years. Failure to mitigate climate change. Failure to climate change adaption. Natural disasters and extreme weather. weather biodiversity loss and ecosystem collapse. Large-scale involuntary migration. Natural resource crises. Erosion and social cohesion and societal polarization, widespread cybercrime, cyber insecurity, geoeconomic confrontation, large-scale environmental damage and incidents. Told ya! This is what they're planning. Yeah, okay, guys. Uh, do we have any more that came in? A few yes. more. We have a few more. Nate Hendy gifted a can. Thank you, Pastor Nate. Vader369, the fleet. Much love. Great work, gents. Thank you so much, Vader369. And Heather72. Thank you so much, Heather, for the $25 on Rumble. Josh and Vince, spot on as always. Thank you guys so much for all the donations tonight. You guys are awesome. Uh, don't forget, socialredpill.com. We have uh, live Zooms every night right after this show concludes. Go to the events tab. You're going to see Social Red Pill Zoom. You can join there. Completely free to join the platform and those Zooms. And uh, we'll be revamping that when our rebranding does come out. Waiting on some stuff right now. And we'll have some of that coming out soon. But socialredpill.com. And then if you watch the end outro here, you're going to see a list of our affiliates if you guys want to join them. Our newest affiliate is Honey Colony. You can visit them right now at redpills.tv slash honey. And that's a good friend of mine. And they got some great products over there. You can check it out. All locally sourced, organic pure non-synthetic bee honey shit right so it's good products check that right out uh, at redpills.tv slash honey um and guys much love respect god bless you guys we'll be back tomorrow and don't forget tomorrow after dark chat right after the show and it, with a new outro you're gonna be able to see all of our links for all our affiliates including kirk elliott getgoldtoday.com my pillow everything else so much love respect god bless take care have a great night we'll see you guys tomorrow Either we will get the full cooperation of other governments to stop this menace, or we will expose every bribe, every kickback, every payoff, and every bit of corruption that is allowing the cartels to preserve their brutal reign. And it is indeed brutal. And uh, they call me I patch the game. <laughs> I, it's, I think it's, I, I haven't, look. Frankly, uh, if you look at the media, where the media is a closed media, we don't have an open free media anymore. They don't want to hear anything. They don't write about it. It's, a, it's collusive. It's, uh, nobody's ever seen anything like it. It all happened during this period of time. It happened just before the election. They wouldn't talk about certain subjects that you know better than anybody, Michael. And, uh, you know, that's the beginning of communism.